I'm James. I am 27 years old and I'm from the U.S., lived there for most of my life, and then now I'm currently living in Albania. My name is Martin, I'm 28, I'm from Bulgaria, and I'm currently living in Germany, and to be more exact, Nuremberg. My name is Cameron, I'm 24, from Brighton in England, and now living in Valencia, Spain. And this is the Expat Show. Hello and welcome back guys to The Expat Show. My name is Cameron Clark and as always I'm joined with James and Martin. How are you both doing today? I'm doing well. How are you, Cameron? I'm not too bad. It's finally cooling down a little bit here in Spain so this time I'm not looking like I've just got out of the shower. It's, it's getting bearable. It's <laughs> I, nice. I feel like you've talked about the heat every single episode so far so like it was like a, it's like a, another co-host on this podcast. Exactly right, exactly right. I mean, uh, when it's so intense, you can't really ignore it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Uh, Martin, I, do have I do have constant heat here in the apartment, so uh, even though I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now, it, it's pretty warm. <laughs> uh, I can say I'm, I'm doing pretty well for uh, a Saturday morning, just so the, the viewers know we're recording on a Saturday morning for you guys after a really long work week. Yes. Yeah. My my I mean, my work week wasn't I too bad. I uh, was quite fortunate enough to actually been doing something I enjoy and filming at my work, so that was that was quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I I think um, with the weather as well here in Spain, sometimes I do regret being here because it is so hot all of the time, and sometimes I consider is is the heat a factor why I wouldn't want to be an expat here in Spain which is actually what the topic of this week is. Reasons why not to be an expat is what we're going to be talking about. This Cameron, your, tr your segues are impeccable. Uh, They're incredible. Uh, That's amazing. How do you do that? <laughs> I can sell ice to an Eskimo, James. I, <laughs> as we say in the UK, we, I've got the gift of the gab. You know, I talk about anything and link it to The gift of the gab. Yes. <laughs> That was wow. I'm I'm impressed every single time. I can't wait to hear what other segues you use to introduce our topic. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, thank you. Have you got have you guys got any uh, preludes, any little stories on to why you wouldn't want to be an expat? I mean, for me it's the heat. I do have another story that I can talk about later, but what about yourselves? Well, I wouldn't say like directly an expat, but maybe an expat in Germany to be more concrete. And I know that I haven't experienced it that much, but like there is still a lot of nationalistic uh, approach here in Germany. And just because I look a little bit like German people tend to not tend not to focus so much on me. But uh, recently I watched uh, this interview with people from uh, mainly from Africa. They were talking about their experiences here in Germany and it's it's crazy i mean they do tend to stand out in the crowd so they attract all the the crazy nationalistic folks mm, i can imagine i can mm. imagine mm. what about what about you? it's funny it's funny being here and i mean maybe it's a balkan wide thing but especially here in albania people like to they just stare people stare a lot and i blend in enough if i'm not carrying around my 
giant camera. I blend in enough that I don't get as many stares anymore. Okay, that's but interesting. interesting. I, I would say that in Germany they stay uh, stare more than on the Balkans because on, on the Balkans, as soon as you look at the person, he tries to look away. Here in Germany, they don't care. They continue staring at you. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Lock the gaze. <laughs> yeah. They take but it like a personal I mean, challenge have... or something. <laughs> <They're>, yeah, you're <laughs> like challenging them to the fight to a fight, so you're just gonna stare them down. <laughs> that's funny. I think uh, there, there was one woman here in Spain the other day that uh, wishes I wasn't here. So I was on the metro, the metro again, I know, I know. But um, like the metro, sometimes for no reason, it just stops abruptly in the middle of the tracks, like underneath a tunnel, and it sort of jilts the uh, the carriage. And it was, it was quite busy that day. I was holding on, but where it stopped and jilted with my sort of foot lifted, and then I actually trod on some woman's toe. I felt so bad because she would like let out a very loud audible scream of pain like ah and I was like oh my god everyone on the train started looking at me it's like oh god there's that foreign guy treading on people's toes again get out of here you know and it's just like I just don't know that you're the foreign guy <laughs> yeah it's just like oh typical typical foreign person treading on people's toes <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happens. Still better than in Germany, bro. Like here, it's they have like the typical foreign person that's pushing people in front of trains. Mm. Yeah. This is actually a really Wait, growing topic recently. A lot of uh, yeah, cases I... that some f crazy foreigner pushed a German in front of a train. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I read that as well. And there was another one where there was a guy that pushed um, the young child in front of the train as well. So uh, I don't know if it's some, yeah. like, one of those crazy internet trends or something. But yeah, it's it's been a quite no. It's actually it's, it's true that they said that the guy was like mental or something. You guys in Europe need to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Settle down. Come down to the Balkans. Yes. It's very peaceful. We just get pushed in front of donkeys and horses, not trains. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> on those cobble road, I'm sure on those cobble roads that we were talking about last week as well, they uh, they do come at you with some force, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh dear, very good. Um, I think one of the big reasons that people would refrain from wanting to be an expat is is often just like separation from family or close friends yeah yeah I, I definitely get that that feeling myself sometimes especially especially with my friends back in the UK um, and I, I appreciate they're busy people they got family and houses and things like that but sometimes where I'm not with them like you almost forget to message each other Every now and then you sort of lose in touch a little bit and yeah, you know, I feel some relationships back in the UK are suffering because of me living here. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, I have friends from high school, so, you know, nine, ten years ago that I haven't talked to in, I don't know, three, four years. But like if I'm around them, if I'm if I go back to that town that I grew up in, like they'll say hi and we'll hang out, we'll have dinner or whatever, get a coffee. Well, they'll drink coffee. Um, or, or I mean, and that happens. And I mean, I have no idea if they like see anything that I do social media wise. I don't know if they see any videos that I post. You know, I think I think one of them, at least one of them, actually listens to podcasts that I'm on or whatever. And so, 
but it's still just this strange thing where it's just like if I'm not around the people, then I often just like I forget to message. I and yeah, um, and then having such a massive time difference. I mean, my friends in Hawaii, it's a 12-hour time difference. So when I try to message somebody, I message them in the morning or at night, and it's in the morning for them. So if they respond, I'm asleep, and then I wake up to their message, and I respond, and they're asleep. And yeah, so, know, it's so there's always that delay. There's never that real flow of the conversation for you. It's always just right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, personally, I don't suffer from this. Uh, it's like just one hour difference between here and Bulgaria. Right. In yes. in every in every aspect, like one hour in time. Uh, also, I need like an hour and twenty minutes to go there by plane. <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's not far at all. But how how do you feel, Martin, when you're like f- physically located away from from your friends and your family? Like, do you like do you miss them at all when you when you're all there in Germany and they're back at home? So the first the first year I was here in Germany, it was a bit tough because I was like completely alone. Uh, but after a while, like my wife moved here and uh, my parents moved here, so. Um, I mean, it definitely got better. To to be fair, I almost have nothing left back home, so just a, a couple yeah. of friends and a couple of relatives, and that's it. Okay, okay. So, so for yourself, it's not so much the the family that that um, would give you a reason as to to not want to be an expat. But what but what mm-hmm. have you had that like makes you sort of not want to be there in Germany? Oof, we're going on a dark path here. <laughs> uh, I mean, my maybe my biggest problem was with work here in Germany. Yeah. Um, like, they don't take any advice, even if it's uh, it's not just like something that you randomly popped out in your head. It's based on experience, working for uh, companies that are their competitors, for example, or they just. Yeah, so it's on a better like level, in industrial sort of like whaling almost, where they like sort of poaching you from one company just to try and get you into another, depending on your uh, experience. Is what I'm understanding there. Sort of, yeah. Uh, I mean, I worked in the automotive industry b- uh, back in Bulgaria for an U.S. company. That that company had like really high standards. They won projects for Mercedes and all of that. So you can imagine how good they were. Yeah. And uh, for example, we have different levels of quality uh, in this field. And for, uh, let's say that the company there kept level three or level four, and here mm-hmm. German companies are struggling to reach level one or two. And they still don't ac- accept any advice uh, on how to be better, how to optimize processes. And um, even though it's an international uh, field of work, where almost everyone is required to speak English uh, and you can basically work without knowing a single word in German, they still require you to know German. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. so so in, in Germany in particular it sounds like you might not want to sort of go there if you're not in a specialized field where it's not in demand or you're not needed and it seems like you also need to learn the language no, technically, you everyone is in demand in Germany. There is a shortage of qualified and non-qualified people. The problem is going through HR and the hiring process uh, because they're like stuck on certain points that are holding them back from attaining the, the right people for the job. 
Right, so it's it's almost like the the process of it, which which I I, I can link to one of my experiences here in Spain, which I found quite frustrating at times and made me like think why why am I even here? It's it's just like the bureaucracy of the paperwork. Um, just recently, in fact, I had to get my medication to go to Madagascar, so like the hepatitis, the yellow mm. fever, malaria tablets, and just to get the box of tablets, you have to book an appointment in like the central travel doctors almost, I don't know what it's actually called, but there wasn't any appointments here in Valencia, so I had to drive roughly two hours to a, another city to, just to see a doctor. I was expecting to be given the injection, be given the pills all on the same day, but all it was was a, a five minute appointment just to get a prescription to go back to your own village just to get the own paper, like the tablets as well. So it's just all this long process just to just to get anything done really. It's the same when you want to like your residency slips or your doctor slips anything it's just always back and forth back and forth and that, that sometimes makes me not want to be here just because of the bureaucracy of everything okay i think the bureaucracy is mm. pretty much has what to handle in every country that it's just because you're not used to the way they are, they approach it yeah so I, I i can't really imagine what um like the bureaucracy of things from moving from the US would be like, is it like a difficult process? To move from the US or to move to Albania? <laughs> a bit of both, a bit of both. I mean, what was the well, most mean, challenging me, part for you? Yeah. See, the thing was like, I was lucky enough that I, like, there was nothing challenging about it. I mean, to get from the US, I just, you know, put stuff in a bag and showed them my passport and got on a plane. Like, they don't really care. Mm. Um, they obviously care when it comes to taxes and whatnot. Um, but as far as, like, residents, it doesn't matter. And then anything that I need a U.S. address for, I just give my parents' address. Um, but then getting to Albania and being able to stay here for as long as I've been able to um, has been a, was slightly more difficult, but because I work for an Albanian organization um, and um, people and one that works with expats frequently, mm. they made it it made it much easier. So I showed up, and within a month, you know, all the paperwork was done. I had a residence permit, mm. you know, like I I'd been to the embassy and all this stuff, and like did everything, and they knew exact they knew the exact process, mm. they knew what kind of paperwork. We have a legal department, and the the legal department filled out most of the paperwork for me, and I just had to like you know fill out personal information and then sign something. Yeah, um, it was all explained to me. I didn't have to bother getting it translated. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just things like that that made it super simple. And then we showed up to the the office in the in the next city over in Korcha where we had to actually get some of this information. And we get there, and they know the the people from the legal department here because they've been over there enough times. Yeah. And so for me, it was, a, it was a piece of cake. It took, I mean, in total, it took maybe a day to get everything squared away. And that like, you know, it, it, we didn't all do it in one single day, but I could have. Yeah. You know, that involved like driving to the capital to go to uh, the embassy so that I could get a background check and then driving to the, you know, the, the uh, what is it called? Like the, the, the criminal county seat or whatever, right? Um, over in the next city over, where they can, you know, actually 
do certain little things, but all of it could have been done in a single day had I, had I needed it to. Hmm. Um, but it was so simple for me because I already had this whole thing set up. Yeah. You know, I already knew I was working here. They already knew I was working, and I didn't have to like. To, to be fair, this is actually one of know. the reasons I w would not become an expat if Bulgaria wasn't part of the European Union. The whole process of getting visas and all of that is like too much for me. I, I wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So as someone from the U.S., it makes it super, super simple and super easy to actually be able to do that. Still, yeah, you need to do like extra work. I, I just came here with my Bulgarian ID card and registered as any other uh, person that's living in Germany, whether German or, or from another EU country, just go and say, I live on this address, bam, you're done. You could, you could just live there without having any job or anything? Uh, yes, you, you actually don't even need to register, I think the first four months or something like that. Okay, so it's similar to just moving to a different state in the yeah, U.S. That's, I think I, think okay. I mentioned it in, in a previous episode that it's, that's how I feel like just going from one state to another state in, right. in the U.S. Right, you did, you did mention that. I didn't realize it was that simple for EU residents. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the, the end goal of the e European Union is to have something similar to the U.S. Yeah, sort of like free, without free one movement. Governing, mm. yeah. Without one governing Oompa Loompa. <laughs> So yeah, sort of like free movement and things. Um, for, for me, it's uh, from moving from the UK into Spain, it was, I think you get 180 days. It was supposed to be like three or six months um, like where you're just allowed to be here. But after that, you have to be registered on the Padron, which is the local town uh, the local town office, like register just so they can say, actually, you're living in this town or city. Um, but yeah, all of, all the the process for me is probably just the Spain thing. It's just the bureaucracy, and I'm, I'm sure for some people it definitely would put them off moving here. And if that puts them off moving here, maybe they only wanted to move to Spain, but yeah, they didn't want to do it, so they. And Cameron, you mentioned that, that that you didn't speak that good of Spanish. Uh, do they speak English in in those departments where you have to take care of the documentation? Very, very rarely. Um, I have yet to meet one myself, but I have heard rumors that they exist. Uh, I, th I think it's like the, the myth of like the leprechaun, you know, like you hear about them, but if you actually see them is another thing. Um, but yeah, so I, I was quite lucky where I had uh, my partner and her family that speak English, so they would come along with me to these appointments and basically help me communicate with the the government worker to get those things but if if i didn't have that support from my partner and her family it definitely would have been a lot harder process and i honestly i don't think i would have been able to do it myself mm. without them so I, I, th I think it does deter a lot of people and i don't know if they do that to deter people or it's just how the bureaucracy works here in spain I think it's just a Spanish thing. <laughs> At yeah, least from my from my short experience in Spain. Yeah, yeah, it's it's almost like they have the mentality here of mañana, which means tomorrow. So like everyone's thinking mañana, mañana, <laughs> and sometimes it's just like, oh, come on, just just get it done already, you know. Mm. So, yeah, been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I I I think. 
I think we've uh, talked a good amount about the bureaucracy, the paperwork, the things. I just want to add something here. Like, if I was supposed to uh, like go through the whole visa process for Germany, uh, how depressing this would have been. Because, for example, I would have uh, have to visit the aliens office here in, in Nuremberg, which is actually situated in ex SS barracks. So. Imagine the situation, just arriving in Germany and directly being put into an ex-Nazi building. Yeah, yeah, it can be a bit, a bit daunting, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I think they could have done a, like a better job by picking a, a better place for this office. Yeah, it definitely sounds it. I mean, um, it's good that they're yeah. repurposing it, but still, it's not really appropriate because right now you see like uh, loads of. African people just lining up in front of an SS barracks. Yeah, so the the image it portrays isn't very good, and yeah, I, d I don't know if again that would be something that they're doing on purpose to deter the people and make them not want to move there. I I don't know. I don't know how all these. Uh, I mean, you have to. Uh, you have buildings. You have to use them. Yeah. yeah. You know? One thing I've learned here in Germany is that like Germans don't think about consequences. Like, they just try to solve problems at the moment, so it's okay at the moment. They don't think if it, this is gonna have a bad impact in the future. So, I pretty much they, I think this is how it went out. They said, okay, we need a building. We have a free building. We're gonna use it. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So, all of the paperwork aside and getting into the countries, which can be a big de facto if people want to become an expat in a certain country or not. What what sort of other things do you think that could be um, a deterrent for you or you were sort of like thinking, hmm, is being an expat a really good idea? Um, we, we talked about a little bit about the family and the friends. For the, the work maybe as well could be something that's a bit difficult. I mean, for I think for with me and James, we're quite fortunate we're working in companies where they're English speaking, they work with a lot of expats not most of the time and um, yeah, we, we got very lucky in finding those companies. I think if the particular company I'm working with wasn't here, I don't think I would have found a job yet or been able to stay here so I think that is like a, a big reason why some people wouldn't want to become an expat particularly because I don't speak Spanish it was a lot harder for me I mean the only sort of job I might have been able to find was been in the in the service industry like cleaning pots or plates no still it's hard well, when I was a student in Spain I tried looking for a job because I wanted to stay in Spain and I couldn't even get like a cleaning job because I didn't know Spanish yeah yeah, so the the language then I would say mm. is one reason why someone wouldn't want to become an expat. I mean, here in in Spain, it's like maybe I would say half and half of the people speak English. Like you meet a lot of English speakers, but some of them or a lot of them don't speak any English at all. So if you don't know that language, it's very hard to communicate which can be difficult at times. How is it in Albania? I, I, I think that they learn it at school, don't they, English? Is a second language. They do, but that doesn't necessarily mean much. Um, well, I, let me correct that. They're taught it at school. I don't know if they learn <laughs> it at school. Mm. <laughs> um, 
A lot of them will know some English, especially younger ages, you know, my age or younger. Anyone who's, you know, was in, in school under communism or whatever, um, not anyone, but they're, they're less likely to know English. So most of the older generations don't, don't really. Mm. Uh, I mean, my, my landlord doesn't speak any English, but then her, I think they're her grandchildren that are running back and forth, like, speak enough that, you know, they'll say hi to me. Or, you know, when I'm biking through the streets, little kids are playing soccer and they'll, you know, ask me what my name is or whatever. Yeah. But that's about all the English that they, that they can, uh, that they know and that they can understand. Um, and then in the capital city, obviously, it's, it's much, much better. So you go to the bigger cities, people know more English. You go to the villages, people know less English. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think if I wasn't, if I didn't have this job lined up before I came here, would I have come here? And, I mean, I think I would have, but would, it would have been much more difficult. I would have, yeah. Um, yeah. It would have been much more difficult because I wouldn't know the language. I would not have, it'd be, it would be harder for me to get a residence permit. Uh, and yeah, I mean, that's about like, it's just, yeah, it, it would have taken longer for me to get, get things together. Yeah. I mean, know? if you're going yeah. alone, I think this is like a general rule of thumb. But for expats, I mean, you I, have to I, have a job. Definitely, unless unless you found something that you can work on online to do at any any time, and you can work anywhere in the world, um, definitely, I think you would need a job, and I definitely think it would be something that people would get like uh, not want to be an expat because because maybe they don't know that language, maybe they don't have the ability to find the jobs, and it just for them it might just be like okay, I'm not going to move. Um, so yeah, it's, it would have been the case for me. I would have had to move back if I didn't find the job. But um, yeah, I mean, it's we're not trying to be all doom and gloom in this episode. I mean, being an expat is is fantastic, it, but there are the struggles as well. Yeah, um, just trying to keep it realistic, not, so yeah. we don't don't stick only to the positive sides. So we also can show the, the negative sides. I think it's like fifty fifty. That's the realistic separation between plus and minuses. For me, I think it would be more yeah. like 70-30, but that explains why I live in a different country. That explains why I'm an expat. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would agree with James. I mean, I've, I've definitely got a lot more positives about being an expat than, me, than not being an expat. Yeah, um, I think maybe it, it comes to the fact from where you come from. So, for example... Uh, when I was living in Bulgaria, it was more like 30-70 in the negative aspect, so it's still an upgrade for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if yeah, it was 50-50 so for me, I, like if it was, if it was, yeah, if it was even, then I wouldn't live here. You know, I would just go back to the U.S. because there are, there the are plenty of reasons. Yeah, exactly. Satisfied. There are plenty of mm. reasons to go back. But if I'm going to be just as dissatisfied here as I was there, I might as well be doing it there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Just just going back to the um, to the language quickly. I know a lot of the a lot of us we have um, we yeah the Spanish, the Albanian, the German. Do you, do you would you feel if 
for people that don't know the language that they're trying to the country they're trying to move to and they don't have the job or support or they don't know the people there already if they didn't know that language I, th I think it would be a big deterrent from not being there because if or I don't know much Spanish at all if I was here on my own things life would be so much more difficult and I don't think I would have if I didn't have the support of my partner with me I don't think I would have made the jump to even consider moving overseas where I didn't even know the language I'd never thought to learn the language before yeah, I would say that in Germany it's like from all the non-native English-speaking countries in the world I guess Okay, I, maybe I cannot say for the entire world, but at least for Europe it, and Western Europe, it's like the go-to place if you don't know a language. You, you can still get around with English, like a lot of people know it. The goal here is to make them talk in English because they just refuse to talk in English. <laughs> right. Yeah. My experience of being in Germany is, unless I knew the people already, even it, like the Germans didn't want to speak English to me. Yeah, here is a pro tip on Germans, how to handle them. Learn how to say in German, my German isn't good, can we speak in English? This helps a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah this, is a, this is a very good phrase to know in Spanish as well. No hablo español. It's, <laughs> I don't speak Spanish. It's a, it's a good little one to, uh, to get you through. Um, yeah, I've only, I've only ever been to Germany once, but it was... It was almost like I was living in a, or visiting America because I was on the American airbase Ramstein, but they've got things mm -hmm. like the Taco Bell, all of the American fast food chains all there, all of the residents in the airbase dealt with dollars. So it definitely felt like I was more in America than in Germany. When, when were you there? Uh, that was probably back in 2010, 2011. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was on a. I was in the Air Cadets for a few years um, yeah. in the UK. It was one of the uh, international trips where we got to see the airbase, like got to see the aircraft and do some some range shooting and stuff. That's yeah, cool. That, that I think I have. I think I know day. two people that that spent some of their growing up years at Ramstein, which is interesting. Hmm. Like a guy that I went to high school with, and then a guy I know from college. But that's why I ask. But you know, you wouldn't have overlapped at all. So, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that sort of links to a something called the six degrees of separation, almost. <laughs> yeah, we've talked mm. about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, linking back to that. Um, but yeah, so I I I, th I think what we're with reasons not to be an expert. I think we're sort of leaning more on the actual entry side of getting into the country. Missing your family, mm. missing your friends. If you don't have a job, it, it, it is a bit lonely. Well, okay, let's Definitely. let's look at it this way. Um, now that we've all lived in as expats for a, a decent amount of time, and we've gone through all of that stuff, and we're we're living all of that stuff, you know, like like. I've been through the bureaucracy. I have the residence permit. I understand there's a language, but I know enough of the language that I can communicate, that sort of stuff. Do we have any other, like, do we right now have any reasons that we don't, like, that we wouldn't want to be an expat anymore? Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I would say no, honestly. I yeah. Mean, yeah, there are, there are the negatives, but 
everything else like there's the quality of life um there's like the people the culture everything outweighs the negatives you know so i i, I definitely want to stay an expat and for people that yeah that, that's my thoughts. yeah i mean we're still all three of us are still expats so definitely the the positives outweigh the negatives right uh, but one thing that's I, i'm really struggling with is finding a job that i like here a job that you like or a job that can that you can do a job that i like like okay i i, I can do the the job the problem the problem is finding the place where i enjoy the project i enjoy the people right of course I, what what, of course. what about what about you james i mean um you you've been there for quite some time now i mean you, you must like it so is there I mean, anything I have, on your i have no plans to leave i mean <laughs> at this point i don't really have any plans to leave for a visit back to the u.s so like i just i you know like that like i had there's yeah there are downsides of living here but they're not like basically i would give people these warnings you know like if you don't have a job it's going to be difficult to get a residence permit or like you know it might be difficult to get a job at the beginning or the language if you don't know the language. Yeah, but then these sorts of things, it's like, okay, but, you know, after you get over those humps, it's not any different than living anywhere else, to me, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's slightly different, because culture is different, but, like, ultimately, positives and negatives aren't going to be, or negatives aren't going to be that much different than, than, you know, I mean, like, there are negatives, like, oh, man, like, it's hard to find this certain thing or, you know, like I can't get this kind of food or whatever, but those aren't reasons not to live in this country, at least not for me. I know some people that they might be, but. Yeah, pe pe people like their Twinkies too much, I'm sure. And their Pop-Tarts. <laughs> their Pop-Tarts, no? pop yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so m maybe if you're that addicted to uh, sugary foods and corporate meals <laughs> you might yeah. not want to become an expat but i mean or or visit germany yeah. like i've gained like seven <laughs> kilograms since i'm in germany from all the sweets wow <laughs> yeah yeah okay. yeah I, I i i eat a lot here in spain but i think again i'm coming back to the heat where it's so hot i just sweat all of the weight out of me so yeah you're losing all your water weight god i'm i miss yeah. the heat like cameron can we like switch places or something no. Like two days ago, it was seven degrees in Germany. What? <laughs> two, two, day, two, two days ago here, it was 45. So yeah, that's a, a swap. It was too hot for me to bear. <laughs> it was like 30-something, 30 33 or 34 here, but I'm not complaining. I mean, it was warm, but I like it warm. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. So if, if, you, if you don't like the heat, don't move to Spain. <laughs> is what yeah. I would say. That's that's why you wouldn't want to be an expat because it's too damn hot here. <laughs> well, and and there could be the alternative to that. I mean, if you don't like the cold, you're not going to want to live in Siberia or Germany. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, seven degrees in August. Wow. Yeah, I I I don't know. I mean, the weather was pretty much crazy the past two weeks. One day we have thirty degrees, the next one seven, then again thirty, then again seven. Yep. That is pretty, pretty crazy. So, yeah. yeah, I think that that I can actually see in the past three years how the climate changes here in Germany. Like mm. last year was, uh, I think the year with the least amount of rain since officially there there were records in Germany. 
So when I came to Germany at first, it was so green and nice and beautiful. And last summer, everything was like completely dead. We have a big garden behind my building and it was completely dead. Mm. And I, I definitely have some stories on the climate and how it affects things here in Spain. But I, I, th I think we can keep that topic for in our back pockets for another episode as we are drawing to a close on this week's episode of as to why not to be an expat so we we touched again on the things like it's your friends it's family possibly the language barrier things like that so uh, yeah work as well work as well but yeah as we as we were just saying i mean being an expat is definitely definitely amazing thing definitely something that you should do and these hurdles that you might encounter definitely don't let them stop you doing what you want to do living in that in that other country because it 100% is worth it it's definitely worth it yeah i mean you said it better than i than i would have that's exactly what i was yeah. gearing up to say at the end of this episode so <laughs> yeah that is why Cameron is making these announcements. <laughs> yeah, that's why Cameron's the moderator for this. Yeah, for sure. And that nice, soothing British accent, too. Yes. Next week, I will bring a cup of tea and some biscuits while we discuss <laughs> X topic. <laughs> yeah, that would be... But, yeah. uh, I thought you were going to say, like, the, uh, the queen or something. <laughs> yeah, we'll bring the queen on our, po on our podcast to talk about politics. Yes. <laughs> Yes, that would be one to look forward to. I can't wait for the day that we all can sit in the same room and record this podcast and then have tea and biscuits, and that will be fantastic. Oh, it will. It will. And have you ever tried English tea, James? Like a oh, yeah. English I, used tea. To, I used to live there. I don't think I drank tea when I was there, but then I've been back a few times since. I, I don't drink coffee, um, and so when it gets cold outside and I want something to warm myself up, it's always, it's always tea. Um, and so I've had a handful of, of good, proper British tea, um, but yeah, I, the tea yeah. here is, mm, it's fine. It gets the job <laughs> done, but yeah. it's not great. Yeah. When, when we do yeah. do this. I'm a so. coffee person and, and I was like this close to dying from British coffee. Like, like I don't know what I drink, <laughs> but basically it had so much caffeine in it. I, I nearly died. <laughs> and I'm a person that can go and drink like uh, five coffees plus a Red Bull plus uh, one liter of Coke a day and still survive. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we're we not so good on the coffee front, us Brits, but the tea, yes, when, when we do do this in person, I will prepare you both a lovely cup, a, a nice cuppa, as we would say. But yeah, <laughs> nice, nice cuppa. But yeah, right. where, can, where, can the, where can the folks back at home find you guys? Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, yeah. YouTube, at James Lightheart, L-E-I-T-H-A-R-T. All of the socials at YouTube, Martin Ivanov, everything else, Marto Ivanov91. Very good. And myself, it is at Cam Clark Spain on Instagram. I haven't been using it recently, but I will do stay in touch there. And on YouTube, it is youtube.com forward slash Cameron Clark. You'll find me there. You can also get in touch with all of us all together. We do have the email. It is theexpatshow at mail.com. That's theexpatshow at mail, M-A-I-L.com. Get in touch with us there. Any questions, 
maybe you have a reason why you wouldn't want to be an expat or that's been making you not want to take the jump, let us know. I'd be quite interested to hear your guys' stories as well. Or on our Facebook page, The Expat Show. Yes, The Expat Show on Facebook as well. Leave us a little message on there, drop us a post on the wall, let us know your stories. Comments, as everything. <laughs> all the good stuff. If you're listening on iTunes, uh, leave us a little review, help us get up in the charts there, as well as wherever you're listening. There will be a description where you can find all of us, all of our links in that description or the show notes as some people like to call that. But yeah, I, I think that was a, a good little episode. Any any final departing words from either of you both there? No, I mean, the goods for me, I think for all of us, the goods have outweighed the bad. So if you want to do it, take a calculated, uh, calculate it and then just take the leap. Do it. Yep. Yeah. Definitely, I mean, there there would be definitely countries where the uh, disadvantages would be a lot more. So, just do your research prior. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you know where what you want to do, and then do it. Don't just jump in blindly. But yeah, that is it, folks. Until next week, where we will be talking about something. It's a mystery for now. So. Do stay, do stay tuned and jump in for that one. But yeah, adios amigos.